Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. My name is Josh Dash. I'm the lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined, as always, by my wife, Betsy. Hello, everybody. Hey there. Betsy, I gave you an adjective in the first part of this episode, yes. so I thought we'd just... You're off the hook. I'm off the hook. I, yes. I got a, I got a, a I've already been introduced. clean break on this one. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome back. In this second part of this episode, you're going to continue to hear our conversation on ex-evangelicals, deconstruction, and deconversion. In this part of the episode, we're going to get to our our response on whether or not we should join this movement, how we should uh, counsel our the next generation, encourage the next generation. So we hope you will enjoy the second part of this conversation. All right, Betsy, welcome back. Um, it's it's good to continue this conversation here. We mm-hmm. were we were kind of in the middle of uh, reasons why people are abandoning the label evangelical mm-hmm. and the evangelical church. You brought up a super insightful one uh, toward the end of the first episode about uh, people finding online community. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of ironically, you can find the church of the non-church. Right, or exactly. you can find the church of the de-churched. That's right. And yep. uh, you can be affirmed and, and find community. And of course, we're not against community. No. Um, community is great. I will add, I had just one other reason mm-hmm. for why I think people are abandoning the, le- the label evangelical. I think evangelical beliefs many of them are super out of step with mm-hmm. the moment of our culture. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, to hold the traditional ethic on marriage, on sexuality, is pretty much considered crazy now. Even uh, to hold the traditional ethic on gender, to, to view gender as binary and not a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, these are just things that, as the culture continues to press down and says, you know, you, you're you're bigoted uh, if you don't accept the movement that we're going in, the direction that we're going in. You're a bad person. There is, I think, we should acknowledge there is a lot of pressure on the next generations mm-hmm. to adopt these beliefs. And then if they go to church and they they hear something different, well, which which one are they going to go with? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, you know, in future episodes, we need to talk about catechesis again, mm-hmm. because that's are are people not being catechized by the culture? Absolutely, all the time. Yep, we all, all the are. time, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So, um, Bets, let's go ahead and uh, turn a little bit here and talk about. So, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Do let me just first of all ask you this. Do you want to just throw out the label evangelical? Should we just forget it? Why don't we start over? and find a better word. What do you think about that idea? I mean, some people would argue it's so fraught that it's better just to jump ship and move to a new island or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, just because. And, and you have to say for the ex-evangelical community, they do shine a good light on some things that are really troubling. Um, you know, they they do shine a light and some racism, some homophobia, again, talking about abuse. It's not that this is, it's not that people who choose to leave these spaces are just crazy and totally godless. You know, um, there are things that we need to reckon with. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we've mentioned this on a, on another podcast. I believe we have, maybe we haven't, but there's the Instagram account preachers and sneakers. Absolutely. I think we did. Yeah, absolutely. it's, It's just, I mean, the guys, it's funny, the celebrity pastors will actually try to defend themselves. They'll like, 
DM people directly and be like, you're hurting the kingdom when you point out right. that I'm wearing $1,000 yeah, $8,000 Gucci shoes when I preach. But yeah. it's like, we need to acknowledge this is, the, I mean, this is, let's use a word that the next gen is using. This is toxic. Yeah, it's it's cringy, cringy. too. That's another one. Cringy. It's totally cringy. It's toxic. Yeah. yeah, our son's like, dad, that was so toxic. Yeah, he's like, you guys are such boomers. <laughs> we're like, no, we're not. We are not actually boomers. No, we're but not. We're okay. not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, uh, an Instagram account like Preachers and Sneakers yes. is shining a spotlight on something super unhealthy. Yeah, where we've not strayed. Not good for the church. We've strayed so far from the commands of Christ when we're, you know, that, that kind of stuff just really exposes like, wow, we do have some major issues. And we, obviously speaking very broadly as evangelicals again, which isn't that helpful, but... Anyway. Yep. Yep. So, okay. So there are some, you just pointed this out. There are some who are ready to abandon ship, burn it down. Let's start over. Let's pick a new biblical word that is better Mm -hmm. and let's redefine the movement. Are you on board with that approach? Um, You know, I don't have strong feelings about that. I think you probably might. So you go ahead. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm going to say I'm not ready to leave the island yet. I don't want to get voted off yet, Mm. or I don't want to leave yet. I don't want to lose the word. Now, part of this goes to my history background. As a history major who really, uh, in college, I really studied American history. And so I deeply studied the two great awakenings that occurred in our nation, particularly the first one in the ministry of George Whitfield. And when we talk about our evangelical heritage, uh, we're, we're, we're going back to all the times the Lord has really awakened the church, mm. okay? So I believe that God's always had a church since the days of Abraham, that he's always had a people, that there's always been a remnant, but that there are periodic moments in history where God really awakens the church, where the light shines, where there's new life in a way there hasn't been before. Mm. Of course, we point to the Protestant Reformation as an example of that, but also the Great Awakenings, where where lots of people were getting saved, and getting saved in the evangelical understanding of what it means to get saved, which is that you come into a personal relationship with Christ. Mm. You know, that is our historic understanding. And then as you trace the history of our movement, our movement was really doing very well, I would say up until not that long ago. Um, there was a there was a period of time where John Stott from England and Billy Graham, of course, from America, were working together, and those two were kind of the figureheads of the evan- of the global evangelical movement. John Stott was an Anglican. I don't remember if Billy Graham, he might have just been a Baptist if he had a denominational affiliation, mm-hmm. but but they were representing uh, our our faith so well. And it's funny, um, there was a guy who said in the 1960s or sometime around that, what's an evangelical? And his answer was, anyone who likes Billy Graham. Mm. And it kind, of is, you know, it kind of gets the whole, it's hard to define it, but you know it when you see it. So I feel like our movement or the evangelical movement is one that's broader than any denomination, it's bigger than being a Presbyterian. It's bigger than being a Baptist, bigger than being a Pentecostal. In fact, there are Roman, there are some Roman Catholics that would claim that label. Mm. Certainly Charismatics, Pentecostals, from, from so many stripes. So I guess I would hate to lose 
um, this word, which has meant a lot hmm. to a lot of different groups over the years. And I, I would hate to think that just sort of recent history here in America has to be the reason that we completely jettison the value of this term. Hmm. So if that's the case, then where do we go from here? Great question. Um, so so let me let me give a couple thoughts, all right, and I want to hear your reaction to these thoughts, Bets. Our movement, which is as evangelical Christians, has to be built on something greater than politics. Mm. We have we, we just can't we, we have to continue to be Christians who stand up and say, I am not defined by my politics. Mm-mm. Now look, that doesn't mean that, that you have to be in one side or the other. But we, we have to stop this of only a real Christian as a Republican or only That's a real right. Christian as a Democrat mm-hmm. or only a real Christian as a socialist or a libertarian or whatever. Mm-hmm. We've got to stop that. Yep. We've got to stop saying that. We've got to stop thinking that. We've got to stop using that as our benchmark for judging other people. Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, Because whether or not you acknowledge that that's what you think, so often that's the foundation of how you might react to someone. Absolutely. Um, we, we, we have to, we've become so polarized that it's like we can't even trust someone who has voted differently than us. Mm-hmm. And instead of seeing them as brothers and sisters in Christ, and again, what is such a sobering thing for me is when I see the percentage of African Americans who, according to the National Association of Evangelicals, believe the exact same things that I do. Mm-hmm. The authority of Scripture, the exclusivity of Jesus, the power of the gospel, the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that would, be, that would be my first word, would be that our movement, the evangelical movement, has to be built on something greater than politics. Mm-hmm. And when we, see, when we see people defining it that way, we have to say, wait a second, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this right now. We absolutely cannot count on either CNN or Fox News to define it the way we want it to define it. Mm-hmm. We can just forget about that. The news media is, is going to define these words the way they want to define these words, even if that doesn't really represent who we are. Sure. Here's another one, Bets. Our movement has to be built on something greater than sociology. And here, here's where I mean... Uh, sociology, just the the things of our culture, the way the songs that we sing, the way that we dress, the uh, yep. worship service that we prefer, yep. the hobbies that we have. I mean, again, all these little the the authors that we read, sure. The you know you could go on and on. All of those little distinctives, as it were, of um, evangelical subculture. Those things, the the Christian music, the CCM. Yep. All that stuff. Yep. I've said this to many people in my ministry journey. There was a time in my life where if I knew that an author held a position that I didn't agree with, I didn't want to have anything to do with that author, and I wouldn't want to read anything they, they wrote. Because mm. I just thought, no, they're on another team. Mm. I don't agree with them. But as I matured- That's so cringy. <laughs> super cringy. Yeah, don't- <laughs> I can't believe I'm confessing this. But, but now I recognize, you know, I can read someone- and I can really benefit from something they have to teach me Absolutely. and yet still disagree with them on five other things, mm-hmm. but yet have the humility and the teachability to sit under their teaching on another thing. Absolutely. Another one here I have, our movement has to be built on something greater than American culture. Mm. 
and obviously our audience is totally American. Uh, you know, we live here in America, but you know, you know what people need to do. They need to see the global church. Yep. They need to see Christianity in another setting. And I'll tell you this, in a lot of other countries, Christians are not even thinking about politics because they have zero power. Mm. I mean, if you're a Christian in Egypt, I'm sorry, you're not like, I wonder if my side's going to win this time mm. because your side is, is a minority mm. and you're much more concerned about, am I going to be actively persecuted and harmed in my faith? Although Egypt, in a lot of ways, does have a, a lot of tolerance, but a lot of nations around Egypt don't. Mm. And so, you know, we just, we need to remember that. We need to have that global perspective. Yes. Yeah, I mean, my 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 thought to add to your um, your three things is our movement has to be characterized by love. Mm. And so often, it's been characterized by a lot of other things. Hate but and we, fear. That's right. And we mm. haven't led with love. And um, that is how we come alongside people and we show them the love of Christ, not by being strident or, um, you know, and this is easy for all of us. It's not like I've got this figured out, sure. um, but we have to be characterized by love. Yeah. I mean, that, that, is, that is our call as Christians. Um, and the Bible tells us perfect love casts drives away, fear. casts out mm-hmm. fear. Yep. We've got to remember that. Yep. The, the other one that I wanted to mention is that our movement must be built on the gospel mm. or the euangelion. Mm. We didn't mention this in the first episode, but the word evangelical comes from the Greek word euangelion, which literally means good news. Mm. And it's an interesting bit of history that the, earth, that the New Testament writers didn't invent this word. Jesus didn't invent this word. This word already existed. And the Romans would march into a city, they would come in, and they would announce the euangelion. They would announce the good news, which usually meant, uh, hey, uh, everybody, the Romans have just come and won another battle. We just destroyed another enemy. We're, We're the best. We're the most dominant. Don't you dare cross us. Or they might say something like, hey, uh, it was the emperor's birthday today, the emperor's a god, we should worship him, these sort of things. And the Christians said, no, we're going to take this word Hmm. and tell you what real good news is. The true euangelion is the good news of Jesus. Hmm. And that's that's where we have to go back to on what it means to be an evangelical. It means to be centered on the good news. Hmm. All of these other things, we're not going to say they don't matter, but... They, they, they're not central. That's right. That's not what our movement is all about. Mm. Betts, have you read anything on this area that's been helpful to you as you have explored a little bit of this evangelical category? Well, there. Um, some of you may have heard, you know, um, blurbs about this book. There's a book called Jesus and John Wayne. We may have mentioned it last season. We're not sure. Anyway, you've read this book as well. It's by an author named Kristen Dumez. Kristen? I think. Um, And she is a professor at Calvin College. So she gives a very provocative look into the history of the evangelical movement um, in the 20th century and and forward. Um, You can, you know, you may disagree with parts of it. It probably will make you mad. It's very, very, very thought-provoking. I would recommend it to everyone. She's a good historian, and um, it is just, it's a good book. 
It's a good book. And like I said, even if you don't agree with every last piece of it, or even if you don't agree with 75% of it, it will make you think. And so by that virtue alone, it's valuable. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I agreed with, with every bit of it. Sure. Uh, you know, there were points where, where even my theology, I felt like, yeah, she's got a different view on this mm-hmm. or that. Right. And some of the things that she mentions are sort of like the worst cases mm-hmm. of evangelical abuse, you know, and, sure. and not necessarily the norm. And yet, I cannot imagine if you grew up in a Christian home, if your parents got focused on the family. Oh, yeah. If, you're going to you, see yourself you, in it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to see things here and you're going to say, oh, yeah, this, I, I do remember this. I right. do connect with this. Right. And, you know, honestly, the best way to, um, you know, embrace our movement is to be honest about our movement. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. instead of walking away, why don't we make it better? Mm-hmm. Because you know what? If we walk away, you're going to have to find a new tradition. That's right. You're, you're not just going to invent. I'm sorry, folks. The Christian faith's been around for 2000 years. Uh, you, you're going to you, you have to be anchored to something. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of my parting word to our evangelical friends is, you know, at the end of the day, we all still have to answer the questions of why am I here and what's my purpose? And you can deconstruct, but those questions are still going to be there. You can deconstruct, uh, but our hope and our desire for those who walk away and, and for our kids as well is that they would see, they would ultimately see the core of evangelicalism. That's right. Which is the good news of the gospel of Jesus, the love of Jesus for sinners like us, and that all that other stuff, uh, you know what, it ultimately doesn't matter. And 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 hopefully the next generation can maybe do better. That's right. Than we've done. Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this two-part uh, series on exvangelical deconstruction, deconversion. We've got a bunch of other episodes coming in season four. So thank you for joining us. Bets you any closing words here? Uh, we're thankful that y'all listen. Thank you for being listeners. And we look forward to uh, lots more conversations to come. See you next time.